You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. Welcome to the Antisocial Show. another episode of the anti-social show my name is hunter block i'm tyson saner uh very good tyson so what's going on tonight my friend um not much just on the phone with you it's the end of the week here it's you know it's another sunday that's literally what's happening how's your week been your your week's been however long it's it's been been, well you know how like for example i was well last night i was at uh work listening to a uh the newest episode of Suck a Tash. And, uh, oh, is that out? Which, uh, yeah, it's out already. It's on Stitcher. Uh, I, well, I don't, I don't think it's on Stitcher yet. I heard it on iTunes. Okay. Um, anyway, Mark was talking about how it took like a uh, four-week unofficial hiatus, which is kind of like what we did, but we were like, you know, we were working. Well, I guess he was working too, but, you know, we had basically the same thing where we were like working like crazy. We were doing other things other than the podcast, right. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we were we were doing other things like work, and you know you were you were doing work and editing and stuff like that. And oh, by the way, dear listeners, uh, in case you haven't noticed, the uh, Combat Radio uh, Halloween album three is now up, and it's available. So go get your copy, hit that donation button, and then help out. It's a good cause. It goes to charity. All proceeds, obviously. I can never remember the link. So what I was going to tell them was. Is that if they go to like our page, was the which is the antisocial page on Facebook, or the antisocial show one page on Twitter, or you know Rev T twenty three, which is Tyson, or Zombie Bacterium, which is me, uh, the link's always there. If you go to C uh, C D Baby, you'll find it right there. It's it's a very awesome uh, album, actually. Yeah, in fact, what they should do is they got to go to they got to type in cdbaby.com and then they'll get like a couple of choices. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, the choices on the front page. Let's, let's just get this really as simple as possible for people here. So it's cdbaby.com. Now there's two options. One is enter artist site, and the other is visit music store. You want to go visit music store. That's the bottom link. Once that you click that, it'll take you to the store, and then there's a search part up near the top. It says type your search here. There you type in combat radio. Two words, radio. And I say two words because it's the age of Twitter. So people tend to put words together because of that. So hit search, and there you are. So then there you'll see several uh, things uh, that have to do with combat radio. So among the okay, among the top sixteen here, of the four by four grid, at the very bottom, there's two on either side. I can hear myself coming through your phone. That's weird. Uh, anyway, yeah, because 
I took you off speaker temporarily. Okay. So all of yeah. the uh, charity albums are pretty much in the bottom of the grid, except for the Combat Radio Christmas Carol, which is at the top. You'll see the, the symbol, people. It's a skull peeking out from behind a red symbol with a black iron cross on it, and it says Combat Radio in a really cool-looking um, post-industrial kind of font. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, and then so as it's uh, it, on that grid there, so you've got Halloween, Comet Radio, Halloween, Volume 1, 2, and 3, and uh, there's three Christmas albums, and then the Comet Radio Christmas Carol, which is a separate separate one. So those are all on the page there. Uh, we just put out something for Comet Radio Halloween 3. And you can Actually, hear you crickets, know, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. I can hear, Jesus, yeah. there's lots of crickets out. Holy crap. Um, Sounds like you're playing... Well, don't starve there, or Far Cry Primal, or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you well, you know, when we're when we're doing the show, you know, I like to be in my little studio area. Yes. With the with the headphones and the mic and all that, my computer. That's ideally where I like to be. But when uh, I'm doing the show from my end on a mobile device, where I'm able to like move around, yeah. I take advantage of it. So I go outside and have a cigarette, so I don't have to like interrupt the show and stop it. So. But, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And these are the same crickets, maybe not the same crickets, but these are the same crickets I used, uh, to record the sounding yeah, just for let, the, uh, our, yep. Just let it run for a second. Cause it's a really rhythmic, uh, wave file I'm noticing. Yeah. That's amazing. It's like, it's, it's, it's symmetrical. It's these tiny little peeps on the line. It's the common, that's what it looks like as a wave file. It's, it's bizarre. Nice. Well, you know what's funny? Uh-huh. Speaking of Halloween, because that's you know that's what we've been promoting this whole time, and I and um, I'm really going to try to do some things this October for the audience. But this is actually pretty funny because I was in Walmart the other day, right? Yeah. Um, and they were putting out. I mean, they had like all their Halloween stuff and everything like that, but they also had all their Christmas stuff out as well, right? So, and of course, you know, you get that argument where people that love Halloween are like, well, why are you putting out the Christmas stuff? Like we want to enjoy our holiday. And it also goes to another fact that why are you trying to rush the holidays? So I got to thinking about this and, and I can't be part of that argument. And the reason why I can't be part of that argument, because at the same time that we're promoting the Halloween track, we're also promoting the, uh, the seventh annual, uh, breakfast with Santa that takes place place in December second mm-hmm. December second so yep mm-hmm. which is a big major event by the way everybody and you can also be part of that too look out for the link because it's up there and it's and we're ready to go we should come up with a uh, a, a, a Yule time jingle something Christmassy but like talks about the burdens of Christmas shopping hmm. that's something to think about um yeah I mean it's it's probably especially hard to do Christmas shopping when you are homeless. That is true. So that, that everybody, don't pay attention to me. Tyson just pointed out a very good thing, and, and I'm the well, no, no. I mean, and, you know, that is that is kind of like uh, there is something to be said about how uh, people have noticed that Christmas has kind of been come to uh, be um, really associated with consumerism. But that's not correct. But that's been being pointed out for quite a while. 
Um, yeah, and and to me, that's not the idea of Christmas. It's just that it's been it's been geared towards that because of you know of of all the consumerism that takes place in our everyday lives. Yeah. Like everyone, like you know, like you watch TV, obviously. But no, for those yeah, that for, for those that are that are out there listening, I mean, pay attention around December. You know, kind of like late November. You're going to see commercials like, oh, this time of year, show your loved one that you love them by buying them a car that costs like $599 a month. Show that you care. You know, and it's like, come on, people. $599 you know, a month for what? Yeah, like like a, like a Lexus or something, you know, oh. like, a, like a Mercedes, like a high-end vehicle. You'll see the commercials. Oh, like payments. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. One of the benefits of being mobile at the moment is that I can go outside and have a cigarette. Totally. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. Because normally, what the audience don't, uh, what they don't know is, is that we normally stop the show halfway through recording, and I run outside and have a break, and I have a quick cigarette, and I come back upstairs and we take it over again, but or start it over again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this time around, I'm doing it all mobile. So I'm out here doing a show, and I'm enjoying the nighttime sounds, the children of the night, as uh, Dracula would say. Yeah, the, the wolves, I believe, are the. Uh uh, the children of the night, but yeah, the, sorry, the uh, yep. crickets and and uh, yep. ducks and geese and other things. But we don't have any wolves around here, so it's kind of like you got to go with what works. <laughs> no wolves <laughs> in Jersey, huh? Nope, we do have coyotes. Oh, coyote. Uh, coyote. Uh, and foxes. Mm. Oh, yeah, the Jer- ah. Jersey foxes. Yep. So I was. So you had made a comment earlier that there is no WW dot. Yes. Uh, CombatRadio.com. There isn't. And yes. technically, there isn't a website for the anti-social show, so I've been putting my brain together. True. And I was going to come up with it. I came up with an idea that I'm going to do, that I'm going to jump on sometime in a few weeks. And anyone, re- any, and I'm sharing this with everybody, anyone can go do this. If you have like a podcast or a blog or, you know, something that you're, that you're creating that you want to get out there, a business, whatever, go to squarespace.com because that's where we're going. Oh really? Because if you sign up, yep. If you sign up for twelve months of Squarespace, man, you get a free domain name. Well, that's a great idea. I mean, I hear Squarespace mm-hmm. advertised all the time on the podcast that I listen to when I'm working. So, um, uh, if you're going to do that, that's exciting because it's apparently they're really easy to use. Really easy. You don't even need to have any type of skills. You, they give you all the tools provided to create beautiful websites. Well, you have to be able to use a computer. You know, that's true. It's the most basic skill. You don't necessarily yes. have to code or anything. I don't even know if you have to know HTML, which you used to have to do. So that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty remarkable. I actually got an HTML book for dummies uh, back in the day. Ah, there seems to be like a, a dummies book for just about virtually everything. You, yes, you know what? There isn't an official book for. Um, you, you know what? There is not an official for dummies book on ventriloquism. Really. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a one that's called Ventriloquism for Dummies and it's a joke title, but there's not an official for dummies book about there, ventriloquism. There has to be this book. Somebody has to get on this and write this book because that would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. like if there's a real one. I wonder who uh, who they would get though. I mean, it's like uh, maybe what was that one guy's name? Ron something. Oh, uh, what about uh, is is that the dude with the Walter dummy? Oh, that's Jeff Dunham. Yes, Jeff Dunn. He could do that because yeah, he's really good at that. Show. He could do. Yeah, there was one. There's a guy, Ron Lucas, I think is his name. He used to have a. He had a, a puppet that was. Um, it was Buffalo Billy, I think was its name, and he used to go on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour when they uh, revamped it in the uh, late '80s. Nice. I, I see. I like all that stuff. That stuff's pretty cool. Like, it takes talent to do that. 
to do. Oh, absolutely. Without a without a question, it is a skill. Well, it's a skill that you learn, and then you you know it's you know it's it's something you work for. It doesn't just you know some people some people find that they can speak without moving their lips, and I'm sure that they you know they think well I should be a ventriloquist, but I, I believe. I mean, you know, by the way, um, there aren't. Uh, yeah, I just stopped a sentence in the middle of it. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna just, you know, that whole train of thought. I don't, I, I've lost interest in myself. <laughs> um, there is a, there is a, there, the America's Got Talent. The the, the girl that just won is a ventriloquist. Really, I believe it means mm-hmm. stomach talking. I think I think that's what yes. the uh, ventriloquism. Uh, we uh, we talk. One of the episodes. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, I don't know how it came out. Well, I think it was because uh, we were talking about uh, what's his name, um, the guy from. Uh, we talked about him once before, and then we mentioned him again. We uh, last episode with Ed on. It was uh, that crazy dude from um, 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 Police Academy. The kind of guy sounds like this. Ah! Oh yeah, yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes, uh, Goldthwait. Sorry. Yep. Goldthwait. And how we got into that conversation in the earlier episodes, because um, I was talking about how he did a special episode, he specially guest starred on Tales from the Crypt, and he was trying to be a Van Qualtrist, and he failed at it. Yes. And right through the middle of the act, his, the dummy's head fell off, and he's like, oh, just give me a second. Like, this guy was, like, legitimately trying to salvage the situation, and they just were not letting him do it, so. Right, right. Yep, because we were also talking about my insecurity at the time of doing a live show because I was comparing the, my live, our live show, if we ever did it, to, to that situation, and probably some guy would stand up and say, "Hey, I want the girl with the fucking tits," you know. So yeah, 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 and mm-hmm. the and the chicken pooped in her lap. Yes, that's a very specific reference. I don't know if anybody will get that. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I told you. I told you, what was it, yesterday, last night, something like that? Maybe. Because we talk, talk all the time, but we talk about so much shit that I, I lose track right. of, like, days. Um, I, I told you I wanted to share something funny, and then you said you wanted to share something. So what oh. was it that you... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, didn't, I didn't... Did I say I wanted to share something funny, or did I just uh, say I wanted to share... I think you said you wanted to share something uh, not not necessarily funny. You yeah. just said you wanted to share... I don't remember, but I don't remember what the what I said. But I yeah, I got some stuff. But we can eh, we can we can get to it later if, uh, if you want to talk about your funny stuff. Okay, so I, I recently discovered a video. You recently discover- discovered a video. Oh, discovered a video. Okay, yes. That I, well, I found it on YouTube, but it's going to well, and this recently just happened. Um, I'm sure the audience will, will see it on Facebook at some point in time, but this guy in Wisconsin, right? Mm. Now, keep in mind, this guy was publicly intoxicated, so he was arrested for belligerence. Okay. okay? Yeah. But apparently he's from the year, I want to say 2048, and he traveled – now, Now, keep in mind, this guy is probably off his rocker, but um, he traveled back through time, uh-huh. and he was supposed to go to the year 2018, but he traveled back uh, to 2017 – and he was going to warn his uh, townspeople about uh, there's some kind of uprising and the arrival of aliens. Oh, wow. Now, keep in mind, the the reason why he was able to time travel was because the aliens filled him with booze and told him to stand on the little travel pad that, that shot him back through time. So oh. he's trying to warn us about aliens. With booze. That's interesting. With booze. Yes. Well, you know, so, yeah, that's kind of dubious. 
So, I mean, I was dying. I mean, so so apparently, like, at some point in the future, aliens are going to come with booze. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some type of uprising. Now, I'm willing to bet that the uprising is going to be all the people that are against alcohol. So they're going to get pissed off at the partying uh, aliens with the booze. That's what I got from that. Okay. Well, that, so, so, we, so this was a video clip? This guy, mm-hmm. and did we got to see. Yep. Did you get to see a look? I uh, see a look. Did you get a look at the guy? Um, yeah, uh, they basically showed pictures of the guy, but I think it was somebody else narrating. Okay, so you didn't like, get to hear him like talking and giving you know and breaking you know. So no, it. So how did did that, he did he look like he was off his rocker or? Oh yeah, hell yeah, he did. Yeah, but I, you got to admit though. I mean, I mean, for a man that was like belligerent and uh, publicly intoxicated, that was a brilliant story. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a great. Uh, I mean, this is the, this is the thing, though. I mean, you know, it's um, it's always the in, well. Okay, look in movies, it's always the you know the the strangest scenario that uh, it's like we don't understand what the what the booze had to do with it. So it seems like just a you know, one of, well, this guy's obviously just drunk and he's created this delusion and whatever you know whatever the reasons are, we can you know we can write it off because it's odd that booze is booze is a detail. Like if they had. If they had, uh, you know, said, I, I've got to go stand in this, you know, on this launch pad here, and then there's, you know, this golden suit that I wear that disappears, and then they give me, you know, or what, then they send it back, or anything like that, you know, if it didn't involve alcohol, then, uh, you know, it, it would still be weird, but, like, it's always that thing in the movie where it's like, so you're telling me that this this robot, it looks human, but it's it's covered in human skin, and, you know, and, it's, and then it's, you know, the Terminator or whatever, yeah. you know, so, I mean... You know, I guess they how they what do they say err on the side of caution that it's uh, is probably a nut job, but um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's See, like to, but there's like just so much find, like, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say there's so much weird stuff happening that it's like how out of the realm of possibility is uh, is it? Because I mean, we don't uh, the thing about time travel is we just as far as we know we haven't cracked it yet. You know, as far this as this is we, very true. As far as we know. I mean, I think that uh, dark matter has. Uh, I think that's the key to it. Oh yeah, the thing with the large hadron collider and whatnot, and all those. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not completely dismissive of that uh, theory, um, but I also don't know enough about it to, or or physics, um, or quantum mechanics to, to really like even make an argument for or against. Unfortunately. Well, you've seen the movie Sphere, right? With Dustin Hoffman? Not Dustin Hoffman. No, um, no I don't know. It's Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Not Hoffman. Who's the guy who played Rain Who's the guy who played what? Who's the guy who played Rain Man? Oh, Dustin Hoffman. No, it's Dustin. Yes. It's Dustin Hoffman. That was Dustin Hoffman? It's definitely Dustin Hoffman. Yes. He's he's that guy. You know? Yeah. And there's the other guy that sounds like him in the same movie, Lee Schreiber. Sounds like another Dustin Hoffman, basically. Like Leo Schreiber's, you know, round here, you know, he's up here, and uh, you know, oh, that's interesting. And Dustin Hoffman's down here. He's got kind of round, sort of sound. It's a virus. Yeah. We found the virus. You know, it's we found the yeah. He's got that very distinct. Uh, he's got like that voice. very distinct voice where he he's trying to sound excited, but he sounds like oh god, very calm. Yeah, he's got one of my favorite voices. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Dustin Hoffman. It's also got Samuel Jackson and Sharon Stone and uh, Liev Schreiber, as we said earlier. And Queen Latifah shows up in it, I believe. And yep. Um, 
accessing. Don't know. Uh, there's a few other well, people. It's, it's been a while since I've seen it. And I've seen it like five times, but it's been a while since I've seen it. Well, I mean, this this movie is, is science fiction, right? So if you separate the, the science from the fiction, right? Mm. Peter Coyote. Yeah? Yeah. Um, who's another good actor, by the way, in E.T. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you separate the science from, from the fiction, okay? So the, the, fictional, the fictional part is that they find this big, gigantic alien ball at the bottom of the ocean. Right. In a spaceship that they thought was alien, but turns out to be one of our ships, but... From the future, right? So, so the fiction part is they found the ball. Obviously, that's fiction, and that the the ship collected this ball and inadvertently flew into a black hole and went back in time. Now, that's also the the, the fiction part because in reality, uh, a black hole theoretically, of course, is supposed to get you from one point in uh, space to another. Right, like so worm- that, that space, yeah, you know, like a yeah, kind of like a wormhole in Star Trek. Yeah, makes a portal. Pinches, mm-hmm. pinches the uh, fold space like in Dune, as they say. Yeah. Yes. Or Event Horizon, where he pokes the thing through the paper and all that oh. stuff. That was a good movie, by the way. Even but, uh, yeah, it was a messed up film. It's a good one, though. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone, this is Ethan from Combat Radio. You know, one of the great literary works of art is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Now, you can get A Christmas Carol done by us, Combat Radio's very own version with their epic cast of regulars, and you can help social services while you're at it. Go to cdbaby.com, enter Combat Radio Christmas 3, and bam, get yourself a Christmas Carol featuring Carolyn Hennessy of True Blood, Ian Buchanan of Twin Peaks, Stuart Pankin of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and many other epic personalities. Have yourself a Christmas anytime you want it. You know, time travel is a fascinating, uh, fascinating subject. Oh, it definitely is. But also, too, um, hmm. I wanted to mention this because uh, I saw this last night. This really cool video on Facebook. Okay. Uh, so you know, how, like, and, and Star Trek called it again. Like you know how, like in Star Trek, you never see this actual device because it's theoretically inside a person's ear, but it's called the universal translator. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a battle I mean, fish. It, yeah. So yeah. it's it's like a device that you it's agreed upon that you never see, but. It's it's mentioned throughout the shows and whatever, and it's supposed to help us like you know communicate with aliens and shit, so they they can understand us, we can understand them, and everything like that. Huh. Uh, so I saw this video uh, of this girl. I think it was a girl or a guy. Could have been a guy, whatever. But they were in a foreign country and they were using something like that, but it was like a handheld device, basically. And you speak into it, and then you you can make it translate in their language. So you speak to it in English, and then it translates into their to their native tongue, so they can understand what you're saying. What is this? this is uh, it's it's like a translator. I mean, this is a real life thing. I think so. Yeah. Cool. So it sounds like Google Translate with a voice uh, thing, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Star Trek calls it again. They already got the they already got the medical tricorder that they're trying to perfect. It's neat. Yep, they got the three D printer, which is kind of like uh, our, it's kind of like uh, which uh, doohickey. What do they call them things in Star Trek? They call them uh, the. Um, oh, it's nanotechnology. Uh, the uh, matter, no, the. Vajace, mm, uh, I don't know what this thing was called. Not a food replicate. It's like a replicate. The replicator. Yeah, the replicator. Yeah, yes. because now with three D printers, we can replicate <laughs> just about anything but food. Well, yeah, and yeah. Anything but food. 
Mm-hmm. But we can't do we can't do um, post food. Ah, it's, but too bad we can't replicate food on three D printer. That'd be badass. No, it's too bad we can't reassemble poo back into food. Ah, and make it like non toxic. Yeah, that'd be um, boy. That would solve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and theoretically, get cow shit or horse shit. Sure. And turn it into food and grass. And grass. Yep. Food and grass. You know how much money like horse farms would save if they could just do that? Well, I imagine uh, that uh, quite a lot at first, but then the technology would probably um, become um, only acquirable by uh, like a license to a company that you'd have to pay a subscription fee to. So it would probably even out eventually. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dude, I tell you what, though, fucking horses, right? Yeah, Chavalo. Yep. They can eat. They're they're designed to eat twenty four seven. Really? Yep. So they're constantly fucking eating all the time. Horses? Yep. Nonstop. Well, they got to sleep at some point. Well, I guess that's the only time they're not eating. Oh. <laughs> when you're riding them, but they're. I mean, essentially, when you like, when you obviously there's certain times that you feed a horse, right? Yeah. But when you put a horse out into the field so that it can get some daylight and run around and stretch its muscles or whatever. Yeah. It's it's constantly eating all the grass in that area. I was probably already always running and burning calories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, horses are pretty amazing creatures. Oh, they are. They are. Um. So it's, it's time travel. That's interesting. Ah. Sorry, it sounds like you're going to say something. Go ahead. I was. I, I told Samantha recently that I was going to uh, donate some five pounders to that pile of shit. Yeah. Just so I could insult them, so I sent her a clip of what I was going to say, and she fucking died laughing. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't know if I've heard what you were going to say, so I suppose I'll. Uh, I'll it, well. Mm. Um. Well, basically, what I said was, uh, uh, in a nutshell, as I said, I was going to like you know I'm donating some some pounders to this pile of shit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I could I couldn't insult Davy and Dent by saying he's going to dress and drag and you know give. Uh, fabulous rim jobs or i could say how uh, samantha is a belligerent alcoholic living on a south korean mountain waiting to be bombed by president trump whose uh, students issue her death threats on a regular basis and i said something about cat sorens being uh handcuffed to a dead kangaroo's ass and that's really where the money's going to help the cause to get him released handcuffed to a kangaroo's ass that's very specific yep yep i mean because you know they have kangaroos out there so you know do they? Well, yeah, he lives in Australia. Yeah, I've heard that they've got kangaroos there. I've, I I hear kangaroo meat uh, is supposed to be pretty okay. But to be fair, I've never heard that from a real person. I've heard that from a character in a film. So um, I'd certainly try it. I wonder if it tastes like chicken. I imagine it doesn't. I imagine it probably tastes closer to beef. So, somewhere between beef and lamb. They seem like kind of more of a red meat animal. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up though. Like not yeah. quite, not not quite pork, but somewhere well also they're not mars they're not rodents really, but they are similar to rodents. They're giant marsupials. Um mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever had marsupial meat. So like I don't I've never had kangaroo rat or uh uh koala or anything else with a pouch. I mean, koalas have pouches, don't they? I think so, yeah. I think so too, and I'm not sure. Oh, opossum, I think, are marsupials. Never had possum. Possums are yes. They, they, in fact, certain parts of our country have possums too. It's, that's true. 
Um, uh, you know, the, uh, there's a, there's a rodent called, I think it's in the rodent family, uh, called the Nutria. Um, I've never heard of that. Yeah. In the Southern States, like I believe Louisiana specifically, it's, uh, it's encouraged to hunt them and, uh, incorporate them into your, um, into your meal plan, basically like as a, as a regular source of, um, of, of protein because they are an evasive species. So, uh, ah. I think it's, I think, oh, geez, like bump. Do they, uh, do they, are they, uh, afraid of overpopulating perhaps or? Oh yeah. I mean, there's already too many of them. Let's see if I can figure that out. Okay. Um, there's a great, uh, I think it was bizarre foods where he goes to the Southern States and, uh, and they talk about it. Uh, let's see. Always. Okay. So they're also, they're also known as a, a, a Koipu, uh, uh, which is C O Y P U. Koipu. Koipu. Uh, C O Y P U, P U, like like a koi, like a fish, and then poo, like well, like poo, I guess. I think that's how it's pronounced. Oh, koi poo. Yeah, a quap I think it's koi poo. It's also known as the nutria. It's a large herbivorous, so it only it's apparently it's not carnivorous. It doesn't eat meat. It eats a semi-aquatic rodent, and the only member of the family Myocastoridae. So, so myo is, I think, muscle or eye. Castor, I believe, is beaver. Um, originally native to subtropical and temperate South America, it has since been introduced to North America, Europe, Asia, and Africa, primarily by fur ranchers. Although it is still valued for its fur in some regions, its destructive feeding and burrowing behaviors make this invasive species endurance controversial to human occupants throughout most of its range. They live in burrows alongside stretches of water. They feed on river plant stems. But yeah... Um, and then in, uh, let's see here, have a feeding real quick. Commercial and environmental uses. Okay. Uh, copio meat. Okay. Copios were introduced into the Louisiana's ecosystem in the 1930s when they escaped from fur farms that had imported them from South Africa, uh, South America. Nutria first came to Louisiana from South America in 1937 when E.A. Henry uh, brought 13 of them to Avery Island in, in 1940. Some, oh, in 1940, some of the nutrients escaped during a hurricane and quickly populated coastal marshes, inland swamps, and other wetland areas. From Louisiana, copious were spread across southern United States, wreaking havoc on marshland. So, yes, they have a... Uh, let's see, in the U.S., there is... Oh, wow, holy crap. Uh, let's see here. I just saw a large monetary number. Um, uh... Okay, well, there's a whole bunch of talk about how it's how it's very damaging to the foliage wherever they are. Um, uh, okay, another program inter- executed by LDWF. I think that is Louisiana something something something. I, I don't. I didn't see the. I didn't see the original thing that this was abbreviated from. So I'm sorry, but I can look it up later. It involves creating a market of nutrient meat for human consumption, though it is still trying to gain public notice. Yeah, it's very lean, protein-rich meat. Low in fat and cholesterol with the taste, texture, and appearance of rabbit or dark turkey meat. Mm. Hmm. Few pathogens are associated with the meat, but... Sorry? Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Few pathogens are associated with with the meat, but proper heating when cooking should kill them. Uh, The quality of the meat and the minimal harmful microorganisms associated with the McNutri meat, quote, an excellent food product for export markets. Okay, you know what? Now now I'm like, how do I get me some of this? This is available. Can I get it on Amazon? Mm. So I guess this is not like the type of meat that you can barbecue. Um, I, you might be able to barbecue it. I, 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 uh, I uh, and cook it over fire. You mean, or like grill it? 
like grill it, like because you know you could barbecue chicken. Yeah, I would imagine you could. I mean, it's it, they're about the size, or slightly. They look slightly. They look about the, somewhere between the size of a river otter and a guinea pig. So they're pretty good. They should have pretty good, uh, good amount of meat yield. I, I guess one would say meat yield. Okay, meat. Yeah. Did you know in North, Did you know in North Carolina they have squirrel season? Um, no, I'm not surprised though. That's that's. Uh, I imagine they have a lot of squirrels there that they need to get rid of. Yeah. Oh, you know what it's for, right? Squirrel gravy. You know what it's for? It, it's for squirrel gravy. Squirrel gravy. Mm-hmm. So is that what it? What is squirrel gravy? I mean, I I know what gravy is. I know it's how it's made from meat. But is it what I think it is, or is it something? Is it a euphemism, or is it what? No, no. It's 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 actually what it means. It's oh. it's literally squirrel gravy. It's it's gravy. I mean, I never had it, but it, it's it's gravy, and I, I it has I would imagine chunks of squirrel in it. Oh. The meat. So where yeah. where where did you where do you where does one get squirrel gravy? Um. Well, uh, you don't get it from the supermarket, of course, but. Okay. When you're when you're down there in in North Carolina, you you wait for squirrel season and you go hunting, almost like a deer, like you know, you're killing a deer or whatever. Except you're killing squirrels. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, not finding any, not finding anything on Amazon, unfortunately. Hmm. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Let me spell it. Maybe right Amazon here. hasn't like caught on yet. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm calling it a nutrient. Maybe if I call it the koipu. Um, well, oh, geez, there's a large wild boar hole you can get, uh, roaster for $400 hmm. from Amazon. You can get a huge, <laughs> get a huge roast, uh, a large wild bull, boar ready to roast for 400 bucks, 400 bucks by Texas natural meats. Hmm. Would you do it? Um, no, I don't need, I can't, I can't eat that much pork and, uh, uh Laura, Laura doesn't eat pork, so it would be kind of cruel. Uh, I would imagine like you would spend that if you were having like a bunch of guests over for like a pig picking. Uh, yeah, a pig picking. That sounds fun. Okay. Well, here we go. Here's, here's an exotic meat barbecue gift box from Carnivore, ah. Carnivore Club, which sounds delicious. So you, mm, yeah. you, you get, uh, one elk flank steak, which is 16 ounces. Uh-huh. 16 ounces. It's a pound steak. And, that is a pound. And four gator sausages, which are four-ounce, uh, four-time gator sausage, four-ounce leeks, links. Well, I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so, so anyway, then you get a camel, an eight-ounce camel steak. Mm-hmm. Uh, one 16-ounce uh, bag of smoked pulled wild boar. So instead of pulled mm. pork, it's pulled wild boar. That sounds good. Um one barbecue buffalo brisket steak, eight ounce steak. Sounds pretty good. Mm, Most delicious. Of, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with any of those things. They sound pretty good. I'm not, you know, I'm not that big on just regular beef anymore. Kind of tired. No. Kind of, kind of tired of, of just yeah, of beef. Yeah, I, I try to keep it to poultry and fish now. It just seems like it's. Um, See, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to eat more chicken and more like you know, like fish. You know. Mm-hmm. Beef is good, but let's not forget that beef is also bad for you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. That's so that's like, like beef is like a like a like a moderation type deal, big time. Yeah, where you can't have it like every single day. Although there are some people that like 
they live on an all protein diet. So like they, they swear by it. Like they'll have like, you know, like a steak every single day for dinner with vegetables and they'll have like protein shakes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, yeah, it provides protein, but your cholesterol is going to go through the roof. There's a certain amount of cholesterol that's good, I as I understand. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a, such a thing as a, 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 a good and bad cholesterol. Yes, and there are good, because good and bad fats too. Just like they say, like exactly, just like they say, like you're a um, if you're a vegan or if you're a um, if you're a vegetarian, you're actually starving yourself to death. But who knows, like if any of those arguments are really actually any true? So, well, you know, sometimes I wish I could go back in time and. Tell my yourself to stop doing a few things. Ah, uh, true. Speaking of time travel, you know who's really into time travel also? Um, Who? Well, I, I'm pretty sure Mark Hirshon is, but the, the other person I'm thinking of is um, there's a comedian named Burt Kreischer. Okay. Are you familiar with Burt Kreischer? I am not. He had this show on Travel Channel, um, for, one called Trip Flip, and uh, did a few seasons. Uh, one was uh, really early on, he had one called Hurt Burt. Um, but oh, there was Bert the Conqueror was a big one. It was basically he has this, uh, severe anxiety and he goes and rides thrill rides at various um, uh, amusement parks. You'd say so he's on just amazing roller coasters and just screaming and flailing and having a great time. But he's conquering his fear, you know, uh, of of, yeah. of things like that of, of near death experiences. Basically, it's essentially him finding like he was the first person to jump off something called the stratosphere in that's in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I want to do that. Uh, I'm not sure I would want to do that, but I... Uh... Um, I did something similar. Um, you've heard of Great Adventure, right? It's in... Uh, yeah, it's in Jersey, I think. Yep, it's uh, uh, it's our it's our version of Disneyland, except it's Warner Brothers, not uh, Disney. Yeah, it's a Six Flags thing. So, yeah, I think I heard Walter uh, Flanagan talking about it on uh, one of the... One of the early Tom Steve Daves, or one of the ones where it's... Um, Where's the where Kevin's involved and they're talking about stuff like they mention it? I think I think I mean I think there was a Steve Dave where he talks about going to uh, and as an alternative to that he he finds this um this bizarre petting zoo um that where there's like a chimp and it like it catches a bird. Do you remember, did you did you ever hear this one story? I did. Chip catches the bird and then it's like oh it looks like I don't know it's going to help it or something and it like rips its head off and starts eating it. <laughs> <laughs> in front of the kids <laughs> basically yeah so six sorry sorry you're saying great america what about it so they have they have this this ride called daredevil right yeah okay so and keep in mind dear listeners if you're in new jersey or anywhere that has a six flags if you're if you're afraid of heights right and not like in a roller coaster sense because like in a roller coaster sense there, there's safety precautions and everything else and i'm not saying that daredevil isn't safe but if you're afraid of like this type of environment, it's not for you, because basically you can go on like three to a per- like you can go on like three at a time or by yourself, mm-hmm. and it's basically like this. They wrap you like in this thing, right? Where they lay you on this thing. It's like a like a big canvas type thing, right? And you're basically suspended. It's almost like bungee jumping in a way, right? Mm-hmm. So. Then they raise you, like, very, very, very high. And I don't know how high, but when I was up there, it was like I could see the entire park in every direction, except for behind me, okay? Um, that's how high it is. But as you're, as you're rising, and you have literally no control, that, that's, that's the scary part. 
or when the person that's down on the ground says, three, two, one, fly, you pull the cord, and then you drop. You know, so you have no control over that either. So it's kind of like a depth-defying drop. Wow. Then the bungee takes over, and then you start like kind of like flying until you start slowing down a little bit. But it's 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 it, it's scary but fun. It's it's one of those things where you have to at least try once in your life. Uh, but it, again, it's not for people that have panic attacks or anything like that. So it does kind of sound fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's very fun. You just, you're just you have no control though. That's the whole thing. Like you don't have control growing up, right. and you don't have control going down. So that 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 might be the scary part because. When you pull that cord yeah. and you're falling, huh. you know, you're literally falling. It's like you're almost being pushed off a building or something. Interesting, like a free fall kind of thing, huh? Exactly. Neat. So this is at Great America and um, what's it Great called? Great Adventure. Great America. Great, Great, I say, sorry, say, the, say the, whole, the name of the whole place again. Great Adventure. Great Adventure. See, that's the, see, the thing is there was a place over here that was called, uh, well, in the, when I was growing up, it was called Marriott's. Marriott's Great America. Okay. Now we know. I think it might have been the same thing, but it w- it's also uh-uh. it's also referred to as Six Flags. Well, right, but it is, okay. So Marriott's Great America was mm-hmm. a, a place in. You know, there's a lot of theme parks in Southern California. I've I've not been to all of them, and they're quite a ways away. So it's not like I can get to go to there all the time. It's not not like a, a regular visit. Um, but so uh, it was called Marriott's Great America for a while, and it you know, and then it. Um, that it was bought by Paramount, and it became Paramount's Great America, and uh, oh. and also uh, if you've ever, if anybody's ever seen Beverly Hills Cop uh, three, uh, there's an amusement park oh. in that movie, and that was basically Paramount's Great America, is, is okay. shot in uh, there. Now they added stuff to it, of course, that's not in it, like the stuff that made it themed for I don't remember it was like Uncle Dave or something was the name of the park owner, like there was no Uncle Dave, they modified it for the film. Very much like how uh, Six Flags, I guess it was called Magic Mountain. I, I don't know when it became Six Flags Magic Mountain because Six Flags started like gobbling up. I'm sorry, they started acquiring all these um, <laughs> theme parks and like you know uh, adding their their name to it. I don't know how many of them uh, you know started like that. At any rate, I believe it's no longer Paramount's. I think it is now owned by Six Flags, and I don't know if it's called Six Flags Great America or if it were what, but. You know, so these things change name is all I'm saying. But yeah, so Magic Mountain in the first was in the first um, uh, vacation movie with Chevy Chase. It was called Wally World, and that was mm-hmm. so. Yeah, now well, when I visited, it was called Six Flags Magic Mountain, and that was in the uh, early '90s. Ready for Halloween? Well, it doesn't have to be Halloween for you to be ready for this. The Combat Radio two disc Halloween albums, featuring many of our epic regulars. Musicians, songs, and haunted audio tales. All there for you anytime you want it. You want Halloween in August? You want it in May? You want it in April? Get it. Go to CD Baby, enter Combat Radio Halloween, and get yourself hooked up with some haunted awesomeness today. Um, well, we we know they have, uh, well, we know they have Disneyland, which is geared towards, obviously, Disney. Um... Great Adventure is geared towards everything is Warner Brothers, like, you know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, all that. And then in, in Virginia, they have something called King's Dominion, which is a Paramount park, Ooh. like Paramount Studios. Yeah. And it's not as great, I can tell you that much. Like, there, there's nothing, like, cool about this place. Hmm. I mean, I've been there, like, a few times. It's kind of like a, uh, a low-end amusement park. But, I mean, but that's the thing, though. Like, if you think about it, like, it costs money to get in Great Adventure, right? Yeah. Uh, 
and really not so much as like let's say uh what is it disney world out there uh, out disney. In disney world out in florida oh disneyland out in california yes uh, where if you don't spend like five thousand dollars you're not going to get the full experience of the park and also really? in disney from what i understand oh there's another cool thing i have to tell you about disneyland by the way all right um i was told this actually um but the thing, like, there's a club in Disneyland that's, like, so astronomically expensive to join, and the, the yearly payments or the, the annual dues is so, like, astronomically expensive. You literally have to be a rich person just to be in this club. And if you're not in the club, you can't, you can't walk into the club, you can't walk through the club, and it, it, it's really expensive. You know, so it, it, to, to really take a, a, a full advantage of this theme park, which is supposed to be family oriented, mm. you have to spend like a, an astronomical amount of money, and like not every family can afford to do that. So I then bet. you hop down yeah. to my hometown, and you have like a, a year-round carnival that's that's always there. Like obviously it's not open year-round, but it's it, it's called the boardwalk basically. So families like that don't have a lot of money can go visit this and still have like an experience with roller coasters and games and all that shit. <laughs> so it's like thank God for places like that because it's just. Again, those 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 theme parks are just they're they're just ridiculous in my opinion, you know. Because you got four parks in Disneyland, so and, and you have to buy tickets for every single one of them. And if you have a large family, like you know, you've like a white kid, you, you know, whatever, you know, that 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 that, that adds up, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the castle, by the way, there is something there is something special about that castle. What castle? The, the castle in Disneyland. Oh, yeah, it's plastic. No, the sorry. big old castle? Yeah, what about well, it? Yeah. The, the, well, yeah. Well, is it really plastic? I don't know. I It's it's <laughs> it's fiberglass or something, probably. <laughs> You're like, it's plastic. It might as well be. <laughs> okay, the, the, big old, the big old fake plastic castle. Um, underneath, there's a fallout shelter. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. And there's practically an underground city underneath Disneyland. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of you know the um, the uh, what do they call them? The maintenance quarter corridors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That, that that's funny though. You're like it's plastic. I, I was just I was just guessing what you were going to say. Really. Oh my god. Uh, it's oh, it's plastic. It's plastic. Yeah, that shit's plastic. It'll blow away in a, in a high wind. Like there goes the castle. Well, actually, it's kind of you know what it is. It's that now that I think about it, that's a reference to uh, an observation that Eddie Izzard made on I think it was uh, Dressed to Kill. I think uh, where um, it says uh, they did it. Oh, they tried to build a Disney World over in um, I think it was Great Britain or something or somewhere in Europe. I think it was in Europe, just in Europe. Oh, they talk about, or maybe he's talking about Euro Disney, and it's like uh, they're building, you know, the Sleeping Beauty's castle, and it's like, and they're like, mm, better make it bigger. They've actually got castles over here, basically, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not made of plastic. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, I botched. Well, the, the British mm. are not like really like they're hard to impress, basically. Like, and they have like a weird sense of humor, essentially. I like, mean, what? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you listen to, like, let's say... I'm used uh, to it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I'm used to it myself, but if you're not used to it, like, it could be, like, a strange thing. Like, what they consider funny, we don't. What we find funny, they consider vulgar and not funny, you know? So it's... it's, Yeah, um, it's it's, it's an interesting, uh, you know, yeah, they say that uh, 
I'll forget it. It's the thing about the being two places separated by the Atlantic Ocean. No, but it's by a common language uh, culture. Two cultures separated by a common language? I don't know, but I don't know. Except we don't really speak proper English. No, no, we don't. Uh, well, I mean, the definition of proper English is not really proper English. It's a bastardizer. Well, we have, yes. I mean, our, it is, our, our language is a combination of lots of different uh, sources, and it's... Um, it's it's you know it's it's not so much that the words are imperfect or it's the the usage of them that's one of the reasons why i'm I, i'm developing this appreciation for esperanto as i learn more and more of it um it's very specific word usage very specific ways to express ideas and there's no um slang there's no slang in Speaking of Esperanto, I sure. got, uh, dear listeners out there, I got my first taste, uh, my first crack at it when we were doing the uh, – I guess I can tell them, right? Yeah, I guess I can tell them. What? Um, oh, you about the – yeah, yeah, the Esper- track. Yeah. Please. Yes. Okay, so we were – we created a and, – and if you go to our webpage – oh, not our webpage, but if you go to our Facebook page, I make reference to it. Last night I did a video of me doing my character's voice uh, in promoting it. Um, but if you go to, yeah, so what we did was we came up with a, uh, uh, a haunted tour, a virtual tour, basically, because basically we're describing it and you have to picture it in your mind. So, and we have our, our perspective characters. So, but we had to do other characters and toward the end, uh, we had to speak in a different language. So we, we used Esperanto as like the kind of like demonic sp- uh, voices that we were like chanting, you know, because we we're, we we're basically like cultists. So, and it was actually pretty fun. Nice little Easter egg for the uh, listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but you can you can you can hear all that, and of course there's there's many other uh, awesome people that uh, are on the soundtrack that get involved each and every year. Well, that about does it for the antisocial show. I'm Tyson Saner, and I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Have a good time, folks. Mm-hmm.